life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Feels like we might actually do a season three now. We've got a lot of stuff in the can. <laughs> I am done with, well, not done. I'm close to done with one of the edits of one of the episodes. And yeah, you brought it nice with backlog. you. Yeah, you are going to watch some rough cuts later, which will be great. Very but we exciting. also just finished uh, uh, one of our episodes, which is actually going to be the episode one. We did it, we did it kind of a little staggered. We shot the Chevy Bolt mm-hmm. and the Tesla Model 3. For that discussion, yeah, a lot yeah. of you have asked questions about the Model 3. Is it worth keeping a uh, a... If you got a reservation, should you keep one or should you run out and get one right now? Yeah, that was our friend Dammit Patton asking yeah, this. I'm, I'm going to say this right up front about the Model 3. I'm not going to talk about what we did on the episode. Yeah, that, no spoilers. That, that I want you to see. But yeah, here's, yeah. here's one thing that I really came away with because we hung out with a really nice owner that's a longtime friend of the show. He was great. That had this Model 3. In fact, ironically, he's a guy who had one of the 911s in our 50 Years of 911 film. Yep, yep. And now he has a Model 3. He was one of the early, early guys in, in Salt Lake to get one. This is his first... Tesla experience and his first electric car experience. Yeah, yeah. And the big thing you and I talked about, and I, this is what I want to share with all of you that are wondering about this car. We've reached a place with the current crop of brand new electric cars. And you know what? I'll even put the Leaf in there. Leaf, Bolt, uh, Model 3. I3. Updated I3. The I3S, which is kind of the second uh, revision of the <laughs> IS. it needed an S. Well, but it's supposed it. to be a little sportier. My point here is this. If you were to buy any of the current crop of electric cars, I think you'll be wowed. Okay. It's a different fair, enough fair experience, enough. and because of that constant torque, I think if you're coming in cold to electric cars, you're going to be genuinely wowed. Yeah. There's variation among sure. those, sure. but I think that's the big takeaway. And you and I have driven a lot of them at this point, and that was a fascinating discussion to get into Bolt and Model 3. I'm not going to ruin it, but that was the, the big thing I'm starting to realize is that it's enough of a shift with cars that actually really do work well now mm-hmm. that I think it, yeah. it, your first experience is just going to wow you. So if you've never driven an electric car and you get yourself a Model 3, I feel very confident you're going to be wowed by it. But I think you would about the Bolt and some of these others too. As we have been to, I, I think that's a fair yeah. statement, and I want to yeah. say more, but it'll give things away. It'll reveal kind of some of our opinions mm-hmm. about the cars, agree, agree. which I don't want to we do. do I, I want to leave it for the episode, but it was fun, and you saw probably some of the posts on Instagram there. And yes, thanks to our owner, uh, he was just excellent. He's a longtime car guy, track car. He's been yeah. tracking for fifteen years. He's a yeah, hot yeah. shoe himself. And it was great to hear his thoughts on coming from his mm-hmm. 996911 turbo and going sure. to, to Model 3 ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was really great. A lot of discussion there. And spe- really speaking of TV, I, I will admit, again, we keep learning about the whole Amazon ecosystem. I mean, it's the first time yeah. we've been, if yeah, you will, sure. on the provider side of the Amazon ecosystem. I'm going to say this really, really, this is weird, but follow me. It's something I've learned since season two went up. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to rate season two, you can accidentally rate season one. So if you find <laughs> you have every, to switch, if you find everyday driver, on, it, it's weird. If you find everyday yeah. driver on Amazon and you're trying to rate season two, make sure you're looking at this. Sounds weird. Make sure you're looking at a thumbnail that has Paul and I in it, standing by the vet. Now you're rating for season two, right? You might right. have been That's rating season one. And look, I, we appreciate it either way. But this is something I discovered when I was looking for it on Amazon to see how it posts and how it lists. Yeah. Is yeah. that it's like it's here's the show with a drop down menu and you've got to go, oh no, I'm actually looking for season two. Right. 
right. which is uh, uh, this is all the stuff we're learning. I'm just thrilled it's on there. Thank you guys that are watching it and are telling us you're watching it. And a couple of you have written about watching it on like planes and in headphones, and you're watching it all over, which is why it's on Amazon. Exactly. So it has that kind of reach, which we're thrilled about. Very sorry that it isn't really outside the U.S. and U.K. We're frustrated as you are that it's not in Canada, for example. Why on earth isn't it in Canada? Well, Hello? I wish it were. Ever, a lot of people do. As that stuff changes, we will try to change with it. But thank you to those of you that are watching it. Also, yeah, Fisher sure. Years of 9-11, which has been on Amazon in Blu-ray forever. All of our features are on Amazon with Blu-ray. But 50 Years is the first one that's also available on Amazon as a streaming feature film. Yes, yes. I look forward to having more of our films on Amazon as well. 50 we'll Years is the there. first yep, one. Yep. It's the first film, so we thought we'd start with that one and go from there. But yes, it's on Amazon Prime, and you can find it there. And also, speaking of uh, news, we've got the Pilgrimage Trip 2018 coming up. This is true, yeah. The first weekend of August mm-hmm. in 2018. It's crazy. You can find it on the website. All the details are on there. If you go mm-hmm. to everydaydriver.com slash adventures, and on there, you've got the frequently asked questions. You've got the video from last year's trip. We have repeat customers, yeah, yeah, which is awesome. great. It's really and, cool. And uh, there's a lot of information. You can see the price. You can see the itinerary. The schedule, and it is all-inclusive, everyone. It is from the time we pick you up at Frankfurt Airport in Germany to the mm-hmm. time we drop you back off, you are ours. Yep. And Everything it's all-inclusive except for airfare because we don't know where on the planet you are traveling from. And yes, this if is you're true. using miles, if you're upgrading to first class, we just don't know what you want to do. So we leave travel arrangements to you. Mm-hmm. And then the price is all-inclusive from there. There's going to be lots and lots of driving. We are mm-hmm. doing two museums, the Porsche and the Mercedes Museums in Stuttgart. And yep. Yep, then yep. back on the Autobahn for even more driving so we can go to tracks and drive. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> That's the thing. This trip, people have brought spouses and uh, family members and stuff before. And the only thing I always caution on is those people are welcome, but they need to understand there is not an alternative itinerary. We will be driving <laughs> yes. or at tracks watching driving or sitting in while other people Shopping, drive because sightseeing. driving is happening. None it's going to be awesome. I'm very, very excited about that. Agreed. That is coming up actually sooner than I realize when I can stop and think about it. But we will have uh, we will have delivered season three by then, though. So that excites me. It'll be gone. That's true. So so I'm trying to think about personal milestones. Season three <laughs> must be edited before we go to the pilgrimage trip. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> You're just looking forward to that. Okay, well, since we're talking about electric cars for a little while here, I have to call out Volkswagen and their recent unveiling of the Pikes Peak car. Mm -hmm. Volkswagen can't pronounce the word diesel anymore. They don't even know what this word is. (laughs) They're so all about electric cars (laughs) and electric racers and, you know, the effort that is pouring into this. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it, it's the VWIDR Pikes Peak Racer that is going to be racing in Colorado up the the road to Pikes Peak. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is, what, 680 horsepower, 880 pound-feet of torque, and the car weighs 2,400 pounds. They've put a lot of effort in. I think it's. I think the carbon fiber is made out of carbon fiber. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really lightweight. It's incredible. So, yes, think uh, they want you to think Volkswagen is now equated to electric cars. That's where they're going. Well, and you say that. And this is, where, this is a huge throwdown for them. Yeah. They're one of the ones behind this. I, I've seen it listed a couple different ways. ChargePoint, uh, Ionic. I've heard a lot of different things listed. But Volkswagen is one of the leading folks that are partnering with lots of other automakers to make, outside of the 
Tesla Supercharger Network, a nationwide network of charging stations. And this is an ongoing part of Volkswagen's Mia Culpa, forget diesel, we like electric now. But that is interesting because in the next year to 18 months, they're supposed to be putting out an entire other system. I go back to if Tesla would like to make some money, they should open up their chargers. I'm just putting that out there. But well, they're going to make yeah. their whole system, and it's going to be even in like Walmart parking lots and crazy things. Yeah, it was kind of interesting to get into a discussion yesterday about data and, you know, mm. we're talking about mm-hmm. networks, but then when it comes to the data collected by electric cars and then disseminated among its oh, fellow yeah. brethren, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. this is proprietary data. So Audi, Porsche, Volkswagen, BMW, Tesla, Chevy, mm-hmm. on and on and on. Everybody that manufactures the electric cars, and what I mean by that is imagine a pothole in the street. Yeah. And these cars come along and hit the pothole. Well, it's not an electric car. Collecting data. Any car that is doing any kind of mapping of any kind. Sure. Generally speaking, they're putting more of that mapping in electric cars. True, yes. And again, to your point, you don't have to associate autonomy with electric cars. Those are differentiated. You can Mm -hmm. put autonomous system on gasoline-powered cars. Witness the Volvos that Uber was working with. Yeah, exactly. Go on. on. But yes, I, I take your point. This uh, It's an interesting thought because who owns all this data and will it be yeah. shared? Well, yeah. the car companies who collect it own the data because yes. now they're sharing with all these other cars. And from an autonomous standpoint, which we did try with the Tesla, by the way, we with did. the Model 3, yeah. and it was scary and fun all at the same time. All of the above. Yeah. Very revealing, by the way. And, well, but and it, you'll see that in the final But I will say piece. it's scary and fun because you and I are doing it and paying wicked amounts of attention. <laughs> True. And calling out the car for what it is doing, and it is not doing. Fair. Fair, yeah. That's true. But, you know, imagine this pothole, and then over time, it'll either collect enough data to send it to the city government to, say, fix the pothole, Mm -hmm. and then also, when the cars are in autonomous mode, to avoid said pothole. They'll either know to be in the other lane when they pass that pothole, or drive around it or yeah. all those kinds of things but then who owns this data eventually and it was it went on and on into well, you know talking about the accidents and all that kind totally. of stuff and the bigger problem is and you know i realize we're re- retreading here but the bigger problem is the fact that you would think if we want all this to work that everybody's data would be going into the data equivalent of a google sheet it would, everybody would be merging their data, but they're not. <laughs> it's just one giant spreadsheet. Seriously. That's all we're building. Seriously. But but they're not, of course, because all these companies are thinking about uh, intellectual property and, you know, this is our version of doing it. But that means that theoretically company A's mapping could be much safer than company B's mapping. Wouldn't we want all of the companies to be right. in the same pool so everybody's working off the same data? You'd want that. But who is going to surmount that problem? Yikes. No, it's, it's an endless conversation, as you can is. tell. We'll leave it there for and now. But Electrify, it was very intriguing. Electrify America is the company whose name I was working for. That Volkswagen is oh, leading okay. the charge, okay. but they're on board with uh, with many others, and they're going to have these are chargers that are going to have even more power than the, the Tesla supercharger network. Let's be honest, Volkswagen is prepping for things like the Mission E that are right. going to take crazy fat pipe ridiculous amount of electricity i can't but, wait for uh, that one i know i know you're excited but this Yeehaw. is also part of their uh diesel what's diesel part of their plan they can't yeah. even pronounce the they've, word they've got no idea yeah all right well guys we have uh, been a- been asked so many questions about our dream cars and have our choice garages oh, yeah. hmm? been changing over time and the answer is yes it has been changing over time, but we thought we'd revisit some things in two categories mm-hmm. to start the podcast out here with. Yes. It's pretty fun because we came up with the top five dream garage, money, no object, mm-hmm. and then also the three-car garage limiting ourselves to 100K. If, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while or you went and listened to the podcast from the beginning, thank you and I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, I was thinking about it. Honestly, we're coming up. The end of July is 
brace yourself, four years of doing the podcast. Yeah, milestones I'm not good with. Which I is mean, really which is really crazy. It's but crazy. You know, anniversaries, on our first, birthdays, the more it, it that pile nuts. up, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. But here's the cool thing. On that first episode ever, we talked about Dream Garage. Mm-hmm. And a couple yeah. of you have asked in the, in the questions the last couple of weeks, what, what's the update on that? And then meanwhile, also, you and I have talked about this, and, and it's, we always have more ideas than we have time to execute them. No but kidding. one of the things we've talked about doing forever is what we call a Topic Tuesday, being that this is a Tuesday. Hi, hello, Tuesday. Uh, this is going to be a topic evening, and we're going to do this Dream Garage as part of it. We're hoping that regularly... Not saying every Tuesday, but regularly on Tuesdays, we will open the podcast with a with a big, longer topic discussion, only do one car debate, and get to a bunch of your questions. That'll be the structure tonight. We have a cool car debate coming up here in a few from Kevin, who's writing in from Minnesota. But we do have dream cars. Yeah, we do. This was fun to revisit. And like Todd said, we've done this at the start of the podcast, the entire podcast. And it was fun to revisit old specs and stats and relearn about things. Did you see what your list was from the pr- first time? I actually didn't go back. I did. I, I went I, back for you, both you of us. You mentioned that. Did you curate both our lists? Did you pull both of our I lists? I pulled you, I'll pull both our lists. Your list last time. It was only three cars <laughs> we did last time. It was only three. We, we've got two different Yeah. We did. Oh, this, this is time. only three cars in the first episode. Three cars, money, no object. Your three were... The Jaguar XKSS, uh-huh. <laughs> the original 1958 Testarossa, okay. the crazy bicycle fenders that's worth like 15, 20 million, yeah, and the yeah. Porsche 918, because you have exquisite taste well, when it comes to money, no object. Wow. I will say only one of those cars is still on my list. Really? I'm surprised yeah. that much changed, but okay. All right. There's been a lot of change, but of course, we've expanded it to to top five money, no object. Top five money, no object. And then we're going to do three with $100,000 maximum. And this is just for fun. I mean, of it's self-imposed it rules. But this is the fun part, I've though. I revisited so many specs, and after driving so many cars and consuming so many statistics about cars <laughs> and relating the feel of cars over the years, sure. yeah, yeah. it's been fun to go back and revisit. So here we go. My top five. 92 McLaren F1. Okay. That is now new to the list. Yeah, all right. Okay. Got it, got it. it. The 89 Porsche Carrera, turbo or not, I'd take the turbo or maybe not. You just want a G50 transmission and you're a happy boy. Got it. I just want that 3.2 Carrera engine. Okay. I'd be happy with that. The 87 Porsche 959 made the list this time around. Interesting. Okay. All right, good. I'm so all about those cars more and more. They're very cool. It's grown on me. And uh, another new addition to the list here is a 1955 Mercedes-Benz 300SL Gullwing Coupe. Oh, those are so sweet. After you, you and nice I ones. ran into one at the museum last year for the yeah, pilgrimage trip yeah, yeah. last year, mm-hmm. I just was reminded how much I love that car and the details and what it represented and how fast and ahead of sure, its time sure, sure. Oh, it, was yeah, then. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it's still a brilliant car. You see it's one of crazy. those. There are no replicas of these cars, people. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, that's you, a fair point. You see one and you know this thing's worth $1.8 million okay. or whatever it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, nuttiness. And then from the prior list, the only one that remains is the Ferrari 250 Testarossa. 57, yeah. 58, somewhere okay. in there. It's I'm gorgeous. I'm in love with that car. I know you are. It's gorgeous. But I decided with the McLaren F1 choice, mm-hmm. I got both McLaren and BMW squeezed into the list. Well done. That's a good point. Because of the 6.1 liter V12 that yeah. lives in the McLaren F1. That's so I crazy-ness. got the McLaren body and handling, and I got the BMW engine. It's interesting the kind of things that you wanted to make sure you fit into your list. Because I looked at it differently. <laughs> I looked at it as, okay, let's say I still live here in Park City. Okay. I wanted to have, out of five cars, all different automakers. 
Fair and I wanted to have different tools for different jobs as well. Well, I'm I'm just saying the dream garage. Then then I've got my plethora of you know beater okay. trucks fine. and whatever. Fine, fine, fine. But here, I just you know, I just stayed. That's fine. But I just stayed. And, these know. five cars are the only vehicles I own. Okay, but money is okay. no object. All right. So I, I wasn't as a result, looking at it quite like that. That's I was fine. looking at it well, just you, the garage. This is what you and I do. We but just approach things differently. Absolutely. Fun. So as a result, of course, the Ford Raptor's on my list because <laughs> I have no reason is. to have one of those. But if I'm going to have a winter car and I'm going to have money, no object, let's just buy and a Raptor and let's, let's just load it up with everything. Jump and the just freeway. call it done. In the you know, opposite just Raptor. There we are, finished. And, and I can get it from the factory. Done. Uh, so there's that. Okay. I did think I need a kind of interesting but normal sedan. Four doors does stuff. Okay. okay. All right. Alpha Julia Quadrifolio. That's on your list. That's on my list. No kidding. That's money, no object. List. That's on your list. Yes, because I just want a... Because here's the thing. When, now when you're money, no object, that $80,000 car, you, you don't care if it gets a ding. Uh, I it guess becomes so. Your, it becomes your... Which is crazy to say. Don't get me wrong. I guess I know so. that's insane. That's a new feeling that I've never really I know that's considered. Insane. You and I have never lived in that world, but I'm no. just thinking if it's money, no object, and I have a Quadrifolio... Then I can drive a quadrifolio and enjoy all of the things about it. But if it breaks, I treat it like a Civic. It just gets fixed. It's just a it. it there it is. It's when just it breaks. A, I treat my Alpha like a Civic. I know it's nuttiness, but I'm just That's saying. Quotable. I don't have to worry about huh. oh look it broke, etc. Huh, so that leaves okay. me three more slots. Yeah. All very different cars. Okay. For the classic, I have to. I had this on my list before. My list before, by the way, was Pagani Waira, Eagle E Type, and BAC Mono. Okay. The Eagle E-Type is still on there. I was going to say, the E-Type of any form is still on your list. But this is the the E-Type equivalent to the Singer Porsches. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, Get a a coupe, have them do everything, which is going to make it a half-million-dollar car before you even get a chance to breathe on it. Okay. So the Eagle E-Type in coupe form, I can even tell you how I'd spec it. But it's a side note. So that exists. Uh, Pagani Waira is still on there. Is it really? The big, crazy, ridiculous, you're looking at it because it's a spaceship when it stopped at a stoplight. You can drive it fast on a back road. I know it's not the world's greatest track car. I don't care. It, it's a $2 million car that you get made bespoke. I would, I would do the crazy you're right. I would do yeah. the crazy bespoke thing and be like, what color do I want that vent? I would do all that. You would. I would so do the, it really the anodizing nuts. on the caps so that it's, on the top of your So that everything is exactly the way I can imagine it should look. Wow. Get that one. That's, that co- covers the mid-engine thing. It covers the crazy exotic thing. Mm-hmm. And it's unique. It's all of those things that I like. So okay. it's there. And then as the car that is the drive all the time if you want or just use it as a track beast, I have to go there. Porsche GT3 RS40, the 997. I love that you love that car so much. I do love it that car It comes up so a lot much. for you. Because here's I the thing. That. It's a half-million-dollar car, and it's a moment in time, which is the other reason I like it. It's a well, moment in time in that aside, lineup. But it's such a special car. And, and yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed driving it. And I knew when we drove it for the film that it was probably a once-in-a-lifetime moment. And we drove it hard. Hopefully and, and, not. And Let's we, put it that way. Hopefully not. But it, but it was one of those things where I was aware of it at the time. I was like, I really can't believe we're driving this. Mm, sure. Because they were on their they, – here's the crazy thing. They were on their climb price-wise at that point. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were on the crazy. way up. And they were like three hundred and fifty grand at the time. Now they're like five hundred. So, yeah, yeah they were on their – they were climbing and somebody loaned us that car, which is awesome. But so, yeah, again, Eagle E-Type, that amazing 4.0, the, the Wyra – the Julia is the everyday car, and the Raptor because it snowed hard. There you go. <laughs> well done. That's an excellent choice. But we got to keep going to the three-car garage with 100000 So we're limiting ourselves at mm-hmm. this point, mm-hmm. 100000 maximum. 
And I feel very good about this list, and I surprised myself. Did you? Okay. And I think everybody else is going to be surprised, too, Okay, what is on this list. Well, I will admit, when I'm doing this list, I am now not shopping for anybody but me. I, I realize I have a wife, and at some point I'll have a son that's driving. <laughs> but I'm just shopping for me on these lists. I'm assuming oh, I, other cars got solved okay, somehow. Okay, fair enough. But you, so <laughs> There's I even, extra cars in the driveway. I even counted the yard, that in the right? $100,000 thing. And I will say, in the $100,000 thing, I also gave myself parameters, of course. I didn't want to have any two of the same brand. And I tried to get as many variants of drivetrain and car type as possible. Is that for the sake of doing so or for the sake of the cars and the driving experience? Both of the above. Okay. Both of the above. Okay. So that I wasn't buying all of one thing. I wasn't Fair buying enough. all of this brand or all of this setup. I wanted to get some real variation because, again, I'm thinking about I live here. So sure. I want to go to the track. I want to do some canyon roads. I want to have a car that's fun to just drive slow, but, man, it's cool. And I want to have a car that, oh, look, we got three feet of snow last night. All of the above has to be accomplished. I did it in three cars, hundred grand. Yeah. Interesting. Well, with uh, the advent of winter tires and our talking about winter tires so much, yes. I don't have a truck on here. I don't, I don't either. Okay. I don't either. Excellent. Excellent. Well, because I must have... The 911 in my life at some point. Okay. It is on here. All right. And that despite, well, I'm not going to spoil the season two Legends piece. You, ha you have to go watch that piece. Yes. But the 1981 Porsche 911 SC is $38,000. Interesting. So it's a way okay. to get a 911 of that classic era and keep the price down because yeah. everything else was over 50 grand. Okay. Everything All else right. that I wanted, I'll sure, say, I see in, the, I see in the mid 80s all the way up to the 90s. Okay. It's over 50 grand. So I thought, let's keep the price down. Okay. All right. Strange sentence to hear from me. I realize It that. is. Yeah. I'm very, very confused. $38,000. And okay. then I got, uh, I got, I would get. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if that Wouldn't was the nice. actual story? Today on the podcast, here's what's <laughs> happened on our actual garages. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Thank you for listening. 2008 BMW E92 M3. Mm, the 92, so not the four-door. I was thinking about either. I could go okay. either, to be honest. But I found an E92, the two-door, for 27000 uh -huh. Ooh, wow. So it kept They've the price that down. that low? Yeah. Can That's you believe that? That's insane to me. So that engine, that car, the drivetrain, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. I love that platform. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. a way to get that. And I see it. If I, I could it. find the four-door, I'd probably lean to the E90 if I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last car surprised the daylights out of me. It's the 2018 Honda Civic Type R for 35. Really? Yep. I'm shocked by that. Yeah, I'm. Sh I shocked. I mean, myself I knew you too. liked that car, but I'm still really surprised. And this is why I'm allowing myself to do it because, say, in another year or two years, I bet you our dream car garage will change again for this yeah. type of, you know, hundred thousand dollar limit. But adding all those up, I'm bang on hundred grand. Okay. All right. And I thought, wow, I want a Civic Type R in my life. That's interesting. Yeah. But the first two cars I had were Hondas. Well, the Jeep was, but then I had two Hondas in yeah. a row. And yeah, so yeah. I still have some Honda okay. yeah, leanings yeah, yeah. I and see it. You know, I see history it. Okay. in my life. So Civic Very Type R. Very interesting. I, I, I am assuming that the cars on my list are just, I can get them for the prices I'm listing. I didn't find specific okay, cars. Okay, you didn't for actually okay? shop for the prices. So I might, I might shift my. my List on actual walking it out the door with cars theoretically might be 110 grand because okay so you, know, you fudge I pushed might. I it pushed might. to try to get this but but these cars I want or I'm discussing on this list it's all possible okay, okay. Uh, I surprised myself by blowing half the budget to buy a BMW 1M okay I 50 can see grand that. yeah. that's that's the daily car. Fair enough. BMW 1M, I'd be a very, very happy guy. Valencia Orange, I'm assuming. Yes, of course it would be. And then I thought, okay, 
but so there's front engine BMW. Okay. Front engine rear drive BMW. Good. I need to mix it up some more. <laughs> there is a Lotus on here. Okay. But it would actually be I would shop the world's cheapest Exige and make it a track car. Fair enough. Try to get one that's got the supercharger Exiges on it. Exiges are expensive though. Still, they are. They're they are expensive. So They're it might 50, be. So it might be somebody's. Here's the thing. I'm, so I'm, I'm planning thirty grand. So maybe it's somebody's at least with a supercharger Jeez, on it. But I'm just thinking. Exige? Maybe. Maybe. I'm just thinking it's thirty four. If it, if it has to be an Elise, oh but darn! I own an Elise already. That's awesome. <laughs> but it'd be just to buy one that is its purpose okay. is to track it. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So that's 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 purpose. And it's mid-engine, and it's Lotus, and it's small, and it's all the things I love. Yes. But then, of course, we get lots of snow, and of course, the obvious answer here for twenty grand, go buy an Evo X. <laughs> I can see that all-wheel drive. Go buy the Evo X. The so sedan. now I've got, I've, I've done, I've done it, the mix. I've got a four-door all-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. I've got a two-door mid-engine weird British tiny car, and a German front-engine rear-wheel drive. Excellent icon. Excellent. I, I'm I would not be convinced so about the Exige, happy. I, I, it might, I might have, to, have be, to wind up in an Elise. Or, or, oh, look, I bought a salvage title Exige. I'm tracking True. it. True. You know, that kind of thing. And a $20,000 clamshell in the front or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Who knows? Those are excellent choices. I just I, I had to excellent. mix it up. I had yeah. to mix it up. No, that's great. It's fun to live in, in a fantasy world. Yeah. Well, uh, Let's go embrace that. When does that happen? That, that'd be great. Not often, but it's fun, and it just it gets us thinking again, and I'm sure it got you all thinking about, you know, yeah. where have my tastes changed over the yeah, years? Yeah, for sure. And for as sure. we've driven more, as you can say, I, I surprised myself with a, wanting to own a front-wheel drive car. Mm. It's mm. that good. It is good. But I could track any of these cars. I could mm. track the M3. I could track 911. Easy. All right. Well, we've got to get away from Dream World right now and go to Kevin's Reality debate should dawn. here. Yes. He is suffering car envy from his dad, actually, <laughs> exactly. or of his dad. He's writing us and going, I am jealous of the cars my father owns. Please help me. So get this. His dad has had two RX-7s, a Porsche 928, fourth-gen Toyota Supra that he sold stock in 2015, Oof. Audi S4, and a classic Mercedes convertible with a manual transmission. Yes. I have car envy now, too. I hear you. Yeah. That's a great list. He's driven three forerunners, and he said the hang, best hang on. one out Kevin of those three. Kevin has driven three forerunners. Yes, Kevin yes. has. He said the best one out of those three was eaten by, by a tornado. <laughs> I had to pause at the it end was, of that It sentence. was here a minute ago, and now it's gone. He's had an ugly Civic, an 07 Civic, and the current car is an 09 Acura TSX, and he's got problems with it. The steering column pops every time he turns it, so he nicknamed it Creek. Yes. So he's wanting a car that is daring. Something to keep up with his 74-year-old dad, and he wants automotive daring, the equivalent of the automotive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. daring car, and stepping out past what you've heard, four runners yeah. and two Hondas, essentially. Essentially. And the other thing about it is, I, I, the, the unspoken thing here, I feel like, from Kevin, is that he's wanting to have that moment where his dad goes, cool car. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Clearly, that hasn't happened yet, so we're yeah. kind of shopping for Kevin. The budget here is uh, $35,000. That is the high end of the world. That's workable. He, That's absolutely. Workable. Uh, he's got a commute of about 50 miles a day. Luckily, half of it is good country roads. Half of it is stoplights, which welcome to commuting, but the other half is good country roads. He'd prefer a manual, mm-hmm. but the biggest sentence in this whole email from me is he's looking for, he feels like he's looking for a Lexified WRX. That's the rabbit trail I followed for Kevin. 
Okay. All right. Well, he also says he doesn't have kids, but his wife thinks a two-door is impractical. Which shapes things. And yeah. we shall let her continue to think that the two-door is impractical because I broke the rules. <laughs> did you? Good. Okay. I Excellent. Did. Now, she owns a 2016 Golf TSI, and as he's saying... Two golfs in the garage breaks the unwritten rule of everyday driver about you know having multiple cars. It's the unwritten, same but it's often spoken. Model. Yeah, yeah. Don't get two of the exact same car. So no GTIs, no golf R's, but he does want room for golf clubs, freeway blasts, no tracking or autocrossing involved, and does want some better gas mileage. He does say ride quality over handling, but I think I'm gonna push on that a little bit. You'll see from my choices. And he, says, but he wants a fun car that's a cool car. And at some oh, point, yeah. you start to yeah. head toward the world of handling and fun as a result of that. You just do. He says, why couldn't they have put a manual in the Kia Stinger? Agreed. But I'm actually kind of proud of my choices here. Okay. Because they are ascending in daring. Okay. And my first choice for you here, Kevin, I found it. A 2017 BMW M240i Coupe. Thirty-two grand. 25,000 miles. It does have the DCT, so dual clutch. Yeah. But this would be a cool car. It would be. You roll up in that. It would be. Yep. I think your dad would say the words that you're craving him to say. <laughs> cool car, man. Well done. But that's, of all the choices so far, that's the, uh, the least daring, I would say. Okay. All right. Good. And the Honda Civic Type R is actually on this list too, because that really? ramps up the with just the wing involved in your life. Having a wing—that's a lot more wing. That size in your life. However much wing you have in your life right now, the Civic Type R will up that. That's more wing than you have right now. Heck, I dare you to drive the car, let alone own it. <laughs> because to be seen with that wing is, you know, some people aren't ready for that wing. Well, but here, and here's the thing: we've talked are you before. Ready for wing? Seriously, we've talked before. All right, about what are the cars that you age out of. And I, yeah. I, and I'm of I'm of the opinion that you really drive whatever you want. Who cares what age you are? I agree. But I, I mean, agree. we have many of you right, and I understand where you're coming from. Many of you right, where you're like, I don't want anything with a wing. I'm too old for a WRX. I get it. What does a Civic Type R say? Because a Civic Type R I'm is expensive a, I'm enough asking, yeah. that the folks that if you look at it and go, it's it's a Civic with a crazy body kit and a wing, you expect somebody under thirty to drive that car. But the well, mo- the money that you probably have to, to to own that car is probably quite a bit older than that. Yeah, and that has to do with my rant in the film when the film there is, is produced. There is a rant. I, yes. I did kind of go off about that versus the price versus the looks. And Whereas I, you know, I don't what mind. What are these mood boards at the car company saying? What what are y'all doing? <laughs> they had transformers up on the mood board wall. It was awesome. It was <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then finally, my most daring choice for you in terms of age. Okay. And maintenance All right. and look is a 2000 BMW M Coupe in Estoril Blue. I hmm. found you this car with only 34,000 miles okay. for 36.4. So I'll say, all right, I'm pushing on everything. It's a two-door. It blows the price a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the shoe, it's an M Coupe. <laughs> it's got space in the back. A little bit, It's yeah. a little shooting brake. Yeah, they're and fun. And these things I've found are kind of starting to go the other direction the no, nice ones. it'll it'll hold its value in you buy value. that car right now it'll hold its value two, yeah. two years from now you sell it you're going to sell it for what you bought it for absolutely I agree. absolutely so 2000 m coupe that's good Estoril blue that beautiful blue yeah very cool only thirty four thousand miles the seats are perfect everything's perfect yeah, yeah, about yeah. this car it's a little bit priced but you can talk them down to maybe 35 5 35 750 <laughs> maybe and we'll call Hopefully. it a thirty five thousand dollar car okay i'll give that to you 
And I'll give that to you. I think that would be the the choice your dad wasn't expecting. I see that. I see that. Let's put okay. it that way. All right. Well, I did something here. I followed the rabbit trail of I'm looking for the Lexified WRX, and I want four doors. Yeah, you mentioned this. You, I really you felt like, yeah, I really felt like, okay, okay let's do that All because right. you're wanting this to be a usable car. You are going to commute in it, but let's get you some genuine fun and something that not everybody has. Yeah. And something that when you show up and it costs you 35 grand, people are like, that cost you what now? Right. Which is I what like, we love doing. Exactly. I like all points. I like all of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found all the three cars that I'm going to recommend, but then I actually just decided to go a step further than I than I do a lot of times. I actually decided to earmark specific examples of all three of these. So you know I'm not just making okay, it up. So I have you a did car shop. in front of me. You shop. Because I, I always shop. And right. I always go, oh, yeah, they're there for that price. And, yeah, there's lots of them. And here's the range of mile. I always see the range. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to just earmark one of each of the three cars I'm recommending. Okay. I'm curious. You like golfs. You don't want to get another golf. I applaud you for that. Okay. But you know what has dropped into your budget range, and now there's lots of options, and is in that world. Lexified WRX is in that world. The Audi S3. S3s are 35 the grand. Audi S3s are out there. I have one in front of me right now, 34.9 blue, because I'm a sucker for blue cars. 2015. Excellent. Prestige S3. It has, uh, what's the mileage on this? Stand by. It's not much. It's 37,000 miles. Nothing. You're fine. Blue S3. You're fine. Fun little car. Beautiful. Fun little car. There's yeah. your there's your Golf Alternative. Great little rocket ship. It, Lexified WRX? I think so. I think so, too, yeah. So that works there. Very I, much I started so. there, and then I went a little crazier in two different stages. Okay. You say Lexified WRX to me, and I do go here, and yes, you can get them. Uh, my friend, you should get yourself a Mercedes-Benz GLA AMG 45. There it is. Nice. Four doors, hatchback. The guys who we borrowed has a huge bike rack on it that's on there year-round. Yeah. He puts bikes on it. Obviously, it's a perfectly good ski car. This this does feel the problem with this car. If you've watched our piece in Season 1, we put it against the, the Macan and your Jeep to talk about just CUVs. What are these right, now? Right, right. Okay? The problem with this car is that when you buy it new, it's like fifty, sixty grand. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but what it feels like is the grown up step to all of the cool rally cars, the STIs and the Evos and the, just and the say Golf that. Rs. It if feels Mercedes like did a rally car. It, it would be this. It feels like the grown up step from yeah. that, and it feels yeah. much more like a hatchback than it does any kind of SUV. Uh huh. So, I mean, look, it's got that little tiny four cylinder. Don't drive it hard, and the, the miles per gallon will be decent. Drive it hard, and they won't. <laughs> okay, so you have that option. Sure. But I've got one in front of me here that is uh, 34.9. Is it a 2015? 2015, 34.9 with 20,000 miles on it. Brilliant. Done. Barely, barely broken in. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that car is essentially three years old and is selling for half its original value with 20,000 miles on it. That's nothing. There were tiny changes in the interior, I think, in... 16 or 17 and i think that's been a good thing to bring the 15s down in price because it's the same powertrain it's the same everything and they they change some buttons and switches and that's it and it's the same car 34.9 this one in front of me is black on black it looks mean Ooh, i like it i think there you go that's a great one and then i thought you know what you can get and i was surprised there are a lot of them a car to surprise you and your wife hmm bigger sedan now but okay. i think you would love commuting in it but it, but it's one of those rare sedans and you and i've talked about this a lot one of those rare sedans where when you get the chance to drive it hard it starts to feel smaller 
Okay, I can think of a few cars. The Porsche hand. Panamera. I was wondering about in that. front of me, and there were a lot of them. But in front of me, I have a blue. Yes, I like blue cars. If I can't get orange, might as well get blue or yellow. I have a, a 2012 Porsche Panamera 4S in front of me for thirty grand. Thirty grand. Twenty twelve for thirty grand. It's the 4S. 4S. So it's got to be the eight. It's got so that would be the eight power. cylinder. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue with tan interior, seventy seven thousand miles. Now like a lot. Now a lot of these feel look, the same at double that mileage. Totally. A lot of these were okay. The ones that, that were below thirty-five grand ranged between sixty thousand miles and like one hundred and twenty. Fair. I'm on the lower end of that range, but again, thirty thousand miles for this car, and blue with tan interior. And the thing that I like about it is it is the four S. It's not the base. It's the four S. You got a little right. bit more power out of it, and seventy-seven thousand miles means I, I'm going to guess. This is going to need a service. It's going to need that eighty thousand mile mm. service right away. Sure. But there's so there's three grand more instantly, three or four grand more. But I'm still under your budget. But that suggests to me just highway cruising miles, easy miles. They're I'm not higher, worried about that car. But they've been very soft on that car. Very I'm not easy. worried about that car at yeah. all. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So there's interesting. But but the thing is, I'm just using that as an example of there were many. Mm. Okay, there were quite a few. Now some of them weren't uh, fours. Some of them weren't S's. But I mean, I went through a few pages of Panameras under thirty-five grand. I, I bet you're shaking your head right now and are shocked that that even exists. Because I'm kind of shocked that it even exists. Pretty cool. But I think it's a perfectly good commute car, and you could go to the V6, and it's not going to feel like a huge rocket ship in power, but it's going to get better gas mileage. Watch our original V6 review. Those mm-hmm. things are available yeah. all day long for this price. Yeah, for sure. Nice interior. Yes, not a great looking car. I will admit. But you're driving a Panamera. I don't think anybody seeing your Panamera is going to, your dad included. Your dad's going to go, how'd you afford that? It would definitely be one of the the cars where people wonder. Your dad's going to be like, what? Should you spend that much on a car? Change your job? And you're going to say, no, it actually costs about the same as a 4Runner, dad. (laughs) That's what I like about this. So there's three very different uh, ways to go here, Kevin. I hope one of them works for you. But I'm just excited for you to have the Lexified WRX where your dad goes, cool car. Yeah, thereby proving you don't have to buy yourself a Lotus Esprit Turbo from the 90s. You can actually get something that's reliable and fun and cool. Though I would like and that still Esprit Derek, Turbo. I know you <laughs> I know What you does that say about me? Yeah, Lotus Obsessions exist. <laughs> Kevin, thank you very much for writing. Loved your story. If you've got your own debate for us, please write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Or you can find us right on the website, everydaydriver.com. And I'm going to push for the pilgrimage adventure. Mm-hmm. Guys, we'd love to have you. You are cordially invited. So ponder that while we take a break because we'll be right back. We talk about car cleaning sometimes on this show. We talk about certified Paul-owned. This is something I'm not good at. I can't ever get a car as clean as Paul can. And one of the places I struggle is the wheels. I never feel like I've got the right brush. I can't get it to work. Brush Hero is our new sponsor of the podcast. We're glad to have them. And they have this really cool, impressive cleaning machine. It is water-powered. There's no electricity. There's no batteries. It just works off the power of the water coming through your hose. Now, the starter set comes with two brush heads. One is a soft one for sensitive surfaces, paint, and chrome. But there's this other one, which is a tough one for serious muck like your wheels. It was originally designed for fast, easy, expert-level car and motorcycle detailing, but it's not just cars. If you've got a boat, barbecue, yard tools, patio furniture, the list goes on. Brush Hero, again, no batteries, no electricity. It makes life easier. No backache, no more scraped-up knuckles. I don't have to figure out the towel that works for wheels, or do I need, I don't know, a scouring pad? Forget it. It's just about Brush Hero. 
Fight the war on muck with this ultimate cleaning and detailing tool called Brush Hero. It's a great gift for Father's Day. There's gift sets for every budget, and you can check out their extensive line of accessories, including extension wands to add more reach. It's a must-have for every car lover, motorcyclist, or all-around clean freak. You can find Brush Hero at BrushHero.com, Amazon, or select Costco stores. It's time again for the NFL Draft. If you're looking for an expert breakdown of each team's needs, the top draft picks, insider information, there's a show right here on Podcast One Sports with Ross Tucker called Ross Tucker's Football Podcast. Ross played in the NFL for seven years and is currently a broadcaster and writer. It's a fantastic show. Ross has great insight and access, so download the Ross Tucker Football Podcast at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts, and remember to rate and review. We always want to hear your feedback. Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% on your car insurance, or maybe even more. Got extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding thing you do today. Geico presents Unhelpful Home Improvement How-Tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. We're starting off audience questions tonight with cheap phaetons. That's <laughs> right. There was a question about asking about... You're touching JD, this question. I, I am. love it. J.D. Rotz, Rotzel on Facebook is actually asking me about cheap phaetons. It's happening right now. I knew you now, had to take this. Now, J.D., the first thing I have to tell you is you have to get the shirt. You have to go right now and get the shirt that says, ask me about cheap phaetons. Oh, my gosh. Because J.D., this is, all I'm hearing in my head is, run away, this run is away. A, this is a rabbit hole right here is what this is. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, he's looking for a new family car. You watched Doug DeMuro's piece on the uh, on the Phaeton, and apparently your wife watched it too because she's like, we should get a Phaeton. Oh, no. And so you're saying, what do I do now? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting for your okay. answer. What do I, we do? Uh, hmm. You know I where am, I stand. I know where you stand. Where you stand is as far away from the cheap Phaeton as humanly possible. Figure out where the, the cheap yeah. Phaeton is on the globe that I'm about to mention, and Paul is on the other side of the earth from that car. <laughs> That's where say. Paul stands. Pretty much. So anyway, meanwhile, I'm walking toward it going, cheap Phaeton? Here, here's the thing. Seduced. You're seduced by I, these cars. I'm fascinated by the fact that they cost a tiny, <laughs> unbelievable know. fraction of where they started, and they have all that tech. But this is the problem. They have all that tech, which means there's stuff to break. Yeah. You can get them for cheap. Here's the thing I would recommend to you. I say, you know, on, honestly, I would say for the next year or two, why not? Okay? But go in with your eyes open. And your wallet. I agree with that. I agree with that. Have Just a, walk into your have local a serious, service center and say, please make me poor. Have a serious conversation with your wife with an understanding of, Stuff on this car is probably going to break. And when it does, it's going to be frighteningly expensive. And, and we'll give you two examples, okay? <laughs> when I was looking, before I bought the Mini, all right, we had a serious conversation with our independent mechanic, who's a Volkswagen Porsche guy. Yes. And we asked him about Phaetons. And he's only ever worked on one, but he's worked on a lot of A8s, which are very, very similar. 
Yes, the A8 differentiated itself because it was built of aluminum, mm-hmm. whereas the Phaeton was built of steel. It's mm-hmm. a thousand pounds heavier. Yes, it is a huge, heavy car. <laughs> it is exactly the opposite of the kind of cars I normally buy, which is kind of the reason I'm like, why not? <laughs> which boggles my I know, mind. I know. I'd like it for five minutes. Who are we kidding? But anyway, here's the thing. <laughs> He actually got up on his computer and looked up both price prices and, for parts and also the labor. What you're going to have to do, J.D., and I'm being very serious when I say this, if you really want to get one of these cars, figure out right now who your mechanic would be. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Choose your mechanic because you buy the car. No, because huh. the Phaetons required an extra level of training for Volkswagen mechanics. So you're going to need yes. to find somebody who has the certification. And the people that made them. Yes, <laughs> Because they built Bentleys on the same production line. Totally. So you're going to have to find somebody who was actually trained to work on a Phaeton. You're going to have to find that person. Is that person anywhere near you? Does that person exist? What's that? Talk to them. What's that person's experience with Phaetons been? Get that handled first before you do this seriously. Then know this. The the, the air ride shocks have a tendency to go bad. It's going to cost you about $2,000 a corner (gasps) with a corner (laughs) per corner with the part and the labor. Now, a lot of people put other shocks in. I can, I can follow yeah, this rabbit trail. A lot of people put other shocks in as a result. Yes. But, but when those go bad, also avoid the O4s. Those are super cheap because the shocks are almost guaranteed to go bad at 400,000 miles. So go right. 05 and above. Do not go W12 engine. Save yourself a little bit of pain. But the biggest <laughs> problem is... <laughs> I know. After I'm all of this, not to be snarky. I'm I know. Really after all of this, here is the. I'm trying to actually be genuinely helpful to I know, JD, I know. even though there's no reason to have an obsession with these cars, other than <laughs> why not? But anyway, but here's the big thing that our our local mechanic talked about. He said the issue, and he talked about this with the old A8s as well. He said the issue is you can get them for cheap, but the transmission is kind of a dice roll. It might. It genuinely might be fine, but if it goes bad, the transmission itself. You haven't even put it in yet. Is nine thousand dollars. So if you bought the car for three or four grand and you think cheap Phaeton, true. If your transmission goes bad next week, it is now a fifteen thousand dollar car instantly. That faint clown music that you hear playing right now is the runaway song. Runaway. JD, I look. I'm going to back your play. At least go get the shirt and have a genuine conversation in your area to see if you can find a Phaeton mechanic. <laughs> I think that will inform you a lot. I think it's a worthwhile gamble for a period of time if your wife is on board and you guys are just willing to go, we're trying this for a year. Hmm. But no going in, it's going to cost you something besides just, we got one for five grand. You did, but actually th- at that point, write us in a year. I'll, I'll put posts on the website if you want to do regular updates. <laughs> write us in a year and tell us what you had to do to it because I'm fascinated too. And please include the spreadsheet of dollars that you spent. That will be the fastest. They will exist, part. but they're very cool, man. They're very cool. Yikes is all I have to say. That I what a car and You put it in that category, no. what a car for someone else to own. That's how you always refer totally. to it. Totally. While I say I'm gonna get a Phaeton and you say, I actually am standing too close to you for me to own a Phaeton. That's always your opinion. What a great car for someone else to own. You always say that. I'm still fascinated. Inexplicably I am. Yikes. Well, there's a question on Instagram from Brian RG on here, and uh, he said, if you had to kick one automaker out of the U.S. Mm. and bring one in that we don't have, okay, what would you pick? Wow. This is low-hanging fruit, if there ever was a question. Right, where are you going? Brian, I loved your question. Okay. Excellent. Where are you excellent going? Excellent thinking. Kick one automaker out of the U.S.? Yeah. Goodbye, Maserati. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Right, you saw Levante today. I was I was Good with Paul at one point bye. today. He saw Levante, and I swear to you, there was about a five minute rant. Just driving by one, he just kept he just kept bringing it up. 
Oh, that car makes me angry. I know it does. And if we were to bring one in, I miss the French manufacturers, specifically Renault. Mm-hmm. I think we need the Renault hot hatches back in our lives in the U.S. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's Those guys need really to come back. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maserati needs to disappear into the great ether, the, the <laughs> wherever they dealership go. in the sky, wherever that is. Where, wherever they make Quattroportes, yeah. Goodbye, That's Maserati. Funny. That is funny. Yeah. And if you have a Maserati, I don't know what to tell you, but buy a cheap Phaeton and spend less. <laughs> Probably. Probably enjoy it more. <laughs> uh, David Pirro wrote in on Twitter and also Cars and Comments wrote in elsewhere, both asking the same question, so I thought I should try to cover it. We don't have a ton of experience here, but I can give you the, the basics. The question is, thinking about trying autocross, what should a newbie know? Yeah, this is an excellent question. Uh, first off, you're going to stand around a lot, and it might be a hot, sunny day. Take sunscreen and possibly something to sit on. Mm. Uh, Hydrate, too. T- bring water. You might want to bring munchies. The, the, and I say that not because it has anything to do with the driving, but because most of the time in autocross, you got wait time. Mm-hmm. You're standing yeah. there, you don't have, and you don't have anything else to do. You are standing there waiting for your next opportunity to run yeah okay nothing wrong with that that's just the reality of it and you're standing typically in a parking lot that is radiating heat so keep keep (laughs) keep that all of these things in mind (laughs) if you're in a place that gets like triple digit hot now go stand in a parking lot on your saturday you're going to come home sunburned okay yeah brace yourself try to be prepared grippy tires though oh yes so there's that the second thing i'm going to say is go in expecting to learn expecting to be surprised and expecting to screw some things up it's a fair comment. You're not coming yeah. in. You're not going to wow anyone. I guarantee you there is somebody there that will wow you, and you will not be the person wowing anyone. So just go in expecting that, just mm-hmm. ego-free. And if you get the chance, ride with or have the hot shoe ride with you. Either ride with the guy that's killing it or have him ride with you. If you're daring, have him drive your car. But either way, get seat time next to the people that are really killing it because that will teach you a ton. Yeah. No, it stops there. I liked a question on Facebook from Nick A. And he said, last week we were talking about the design of certain wheels and how that affects the sport to luxury category. I thought you'd do this. And I was talking about the spokes, Mm -hmm. just the number of spokes and the design there. Nick's asking, what other design details say sporty and luxury when it comes to exteriors? He's saying interiors we could go on for days. And I agree, but... Also, where do we stand on fake features? You know, grills that aren't real, exhaust tips that don't connect to the exhaust. I'll tell you where Paul stands. A, Next a to the example. torch to burn it to the ground. That's where Paul is standing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so think the Model 3. We were just talking about the Model 3 sure, at the top of the sure, podcast. Yeah. And the roof line from the top of the A-pillar as it sweeps to the back is a continuous arc. Mm-hmm. It's not a continuous radius, but it is one continuous arc. And by that, I mean it doesn't flatten out at any point in the arc. And so it says a little bit more economy, a little bit more sport. Mm. Whereas a luxury car, they flatten out towards the top of the roof. There's still arc and curve. It's a compound curve in both directions. But think about how the Panamera Sport Turismo that I posted on Instagram today Look at that roof line and how it flattens out a little bit. Well, it has to because of the car, but it also says more of a luxury feel to your eye Hmm. because Hmm. it generates a longer roof line, certainly a longer wheelbase, Hmm. and the design details that connect the rocker. So down low next to the ground, something that, you know, it's it's right across the bottom of the ground there. Mm -hmm. Usually rockers Mm -hmm. are flat and straight, whereas the sporty rockers... Uh, Lotus uh, Evora is a great example. Great example, yes. It yes. pulls up. It, it makes the car look like it has a torso, like a mm-hmm. bumblebee. It's got like a thin a waistline waist. as a result of the, that is. Yeah, you're right. Correct, Absolutely. and it gives it that sporty look, even though the blacked-out part is still straight across on the rocker. Mm-hmm. 
So think about details like that. And mm, then regarding good. fake features, <laughs> if it's on an inexpensive car, say a Hyundai N something, I'm fine with it. Okay. Okay. We're more inexpensive and you're wanting to get a look, a particular look to say sporty out of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, fine. But as soon as we start to move up market, things that are unacceptable on M3s and the hot Audis and things like that are yeah. vents that go to nowhere and mm-hmm. you know exhaust ports and pieces of plastic that Cosmetic are molded vents. in a yeah. certain way. And I think, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. And so that's what I talk about in terms of honesty in design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just the styling, but also materials. Mm-hmm. Aston is the leader in being honest about the materials that they use because that piece of one. polished aluminum is polished aluminum yeah, that was good. done by a person. It's that's not, a fair point. you know, coated plastic and it's not masquerading. It looked like it. Yeah, you know, and it, and it's screwed from behind with actual Phillips head screws. Yeah. And, Honest materials. Somebody put this on here. Yes. And it clanged when they built it. Exactly yes. <laughs> right. It's not just, oh, that looks like, oh, right, it's just plastic. I yeah, forgot. Yeah, that's interesting. Good point. So think about that in terms of what you see, you know, stretched wheelbases. Anyway, you, you get the point. Totally. Right? But yeah. great question. That's really good. M. Beasley wrote in something I wanted to cover really quickly uh, in case you don't know this. He was talking about, he was acknowledging that we talk about how many great questions you guys send in. Obviously, we're spending the whole back of the podcast on this podcast talking about questions. Yes. He said, have we ever done or would we ever do a just listener uh, question? podcast. Yes, we do. Coming if you up. go back and listen to the back catalog, here's the thing to know. At the 50 intervals, so 50, we didn't do it 50, but we did it 150, we did it 250. At the 50 intervals between the hundreds, we do an all car questions podcast. But at the 100 intervals, those are the fun ones. Start with podcast 100 if you want to go, these guys went off the rails. At the 100 <laughs> intervals, we did it at 100, we did right. it at 200, we're about to do it at 300. It is an all question podcast but none of them can be about cars. Right. And we get so far off in the weeds, it scares us. But it's funny. <laughs> it's always funny and yeah. strange. So we're coming up. This is like 291, 291 is what we're on. So a few weeks from now, we'll be doing episode 300. That'll be before I we even get to year four. I can't believe that. Yeah. Before we finish year four, we'll do episode 300. Wow. So what happens when you do two a week. And that'll be an all-questions podcast without a single car question being answered, which will be wow. crazy fun. So that's happening. Uh, Shane... Shane, my friend, Shane wrote in. Uh, Shane's a patron. Shane's a friend of the show. Yes, thank you. If Shane. you've heard a while back, uh, Shane's son Max uh, was introduced to the podcast in uh, in the NICU. That's uh-huh. how early on yes. in Max's life. So anyway, so so they've been listening for a long time, which is very cool. Shane has a Fiesta ST mm-hmm. that he drives quite hard, and he likes it, and he likes it a lot. This he's a asking uh, he's asking a question about track days and spouses. I was hoping you'd get to this. Um, he said, uh, "Let's just say." Ask it for a friend. <laughs> Let's just say he got a little out of control at the last track day. Let's mm-hmm. say he got to a place that was uh, a little clinching. Let's put it that way. It was all going to go wrong, and somehow he muddled through and saved it. And now he's kind of proud of himself. There was a pucker factor involved Oh, there. absolutely. When he gets home and his wife says, how was the track day? What do you say? <laughs> Uh, Shane, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to my own experience here, and I'll say this. Look, I'm a storyteller. I like to tell the story. I like to drag it out. I learned with my wife when it comes to things that affect the family budget, mm. stories are not okay. Mm. Stories are not okay. You st- you have to start with the end. My point here is the storyteller in me wants to tell the wife the great story, <laughs> but the budget conscious person that's married to the other half of the budget needs to say everything's fine. The car is great. Can I tell you something cool that happened? This is your opening line, Shane. This is what right, I'm saying. You've got to establish right, right out front, you're fine, car's fine, everything is good. By the way, crazy thing happened. 
then you can get in there. You can't dive in with, let me tell you a story, because already you're off on the wrong foot. I'm telling you, I am speaking from experience, my friend. I think because she knows you have the car disease, telling the story is probably cool. You've just got to set the stage Mm -hmm. so we know the story turns out okay, and then you're probably fine. And uh, excellent, I love it. And uh, yeah, it's it's a get to the point first. <laughs> Your bank account's intact. The house didn't burn down. The children are fine. Yes, I'm good. I'm yes. in one piece. Yes. Hey, can I tell you a story? <laughs> <laughs> now you've got permission to do so. All right. What else? Uh, Parmalatis Parmalatels on IG is asking: Is it an absolute must to switch from a dealer to a locally specialty service shop? Local specialty service shop, once your warranty ends, mm. assuming you've got a good local shop to go to. Or is there a reason to keep going to the dealership for service? Keep in mind, first off, that dealerships make most of their money from parts and service. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The money, you know, you think buying a car is expensive. They, The holdbacks and everything built in mm-hmm. is some, but that's not where they're making most of the money. You're right. Yeah. It's always parts and service. So keep yep. that in mind. However... Mm-hmm. I look at it as a relationship. Whether you buy a new or used car from a dealership, you are now their customer. Mm. And you do have the benefit of all the OEM parts and the way of doing it right and the guys who are trained in doing so. Hopefully, yes. Ongoing training, ongoing education is Mm -hmm. usually part of the dealership. They send Mm -hmm. their guys all over the country, all over the world to continue to drive new models. To learn how to work on Phaetons. (laughs) Crazy things like this. I had to bring it back around. I had to bring it back around. What's in this room full of rakes? Anyway, so yes, just keep that in mind. But there are the times when the guys who have been trained in the factory, everything, that's when they go open their own shop. Yeah, it's typically the the old lead mechanic. Yes, absolutely true. So I'm giving you both reasons. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a great relationship with the service manager or the service person at your dealership already... And you treat it like they're your local shop, even though they just happen to be the dealer backed yeah. by the OEM. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And I like to treat them like that and always go see the same service person so they start to get to know you. Because they mm-hmm. see so many people, they'll forget yeah. you instantly. Yep. But if you keep going back to them, keep asking for their name, you build yes. a relationship, Yes. start asking them personal questions. Hey, how'd you come to work at the dealer? What do you drive? What do you mm-hmm. like? Let's talk mm-hmm. cars and... Then you build a relationship, and then when you come back in, they know you. They know your car. That rapport is easier with the independent guys, but you're right. If you've established it, why throw away that relationship you've established at the dealer? I see that. I see where you're going. Yes. So that is the reason to stick around with the dealer. If, on the other hand, they have treated you like they never want you as a customer again, and they have given you no reason to come back to the dealership, then don't. Well, there's another question on here from Toby on Facebook who's asking about the closeout on what people actually buy. And you also heard me ask, "Oh yeah, hey, write to us and tell mm-hmm. us what you bought. And he's asking, you know, is it because they don't tell you or is it because it's mostly disappointing? It's none of the above because usually the story is whether you buy the car that Todd and I suggest or mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. hopefully we've gotten you thinking differently and shopping differently about that car. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you don't buy the car at all and say, guys... I didn't like any of your recommendations, but something sparked in my head. Yeah, I went yeah, and yeah. drove the thing, and I love that thing, and I bought that. Mm-hmm. We applaud that. We love that. Sometimes we don't hear those stories, but then when those do come around, we love to share those. So they're fewer and far yeah. between, but 
you know, a lot of times it is a bigger story. And so we want to definitely share that. Of course, we want to help people buy cars. Mm -hmm. And that's really the whole reason the podcast started was to help you find something better, get you thinking differently. And again, it's almost irrelevant if you buy those cars that we recommend or not. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, the the truth is we do hear on some of them. We hear back on some. Mm -hmm. The thing that happens is a lot of times we'll hear back on one from 18 months ago. Right. Where honestly, right. I'm reading the email going, which podcast was this? Because we do scroll, a lot. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, exactly. But, but people do write back. The one that consistently makes me laugh, and it's happened a lot, they will give you some very restrictive Paul limiter. And they will promptly go out and spend twice that much when they buy a car. I know. And that I has think, happened so many times. Well, and, and that almost makes... You're teasing me for limiting. That's, that's the thing. That almost, that almost makes us retelling you the story irrelevant because everything we were operating on got thrown out the window anyway. Exactly. You know? I like your suggestions. I'm going to add 20 grand to that exactly. and buy something completely different. But speaking of buying things we've recommended, uh, what is Chris doing? Well, Chris apparently is buying a Fiesta ST. What is Chris doing on Instagram? He's just thanking us because he finally took our recommendation and the recommendation of many others. He bought a Fiesta ST in the real red-orange color, Bravo, and he is in love with that car, and he's thanking us. I am thrilled that you found a car that you like. That is our biggest thing. And what we hear about a lot as well is a lot of you will write in that didn't get featured on the car debate and just say, guys, I bought this car thanks to listening to the podcast and getting recommendations. We love that as well. That's very cool. Uh, Did you see uh, Mike's question? I had to touch on Mike's questions from Cam Automag. What car has no dignified way to get in and out of it? And he is is putting up the Lotus Elise, which I will agree with you. That's a great example. Lotus Elise is one of the best ones. I will give you one that's worse, though. Mm, Okay. Because we've driven it, and it is actually genuinely worse. I wonder if I can guess. The Caterham. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. I have never felt like a larger human being than while trying to get in, drive, and then get out of the caterer. Well, especially the lack of dignity that ensues when people try to help you install the seat belts and get clicked in, you, and they're reaching and grabbing for folks, everything, and yes. you're squirming around, and it is it's, it, undignified. Look, it's, it's a caterer, and Paul and I are big enough that we all but had to be poured into this car. Yeah. There is no extra room. Yeah. But by the way, you're now sitting on the pieces of your five-point harness, and your friends are going to help you find them. Everybody gets <laughs> exactly. real friendly. Talk about talk about undignified. Everybody's <laughs> friends here at that point. It's no just, uh, wait, we don't know where the center strap. You know what? I got the center strap. I will it's find okay. that one. It's okay. I, I got it. I, I will it. find that one. But honestly, that, that made the Lotus feel like a daily car you can jump in and out of. Mm-hmm. But the, I will admit the Lotus is terrible, and my wife clearly can't wear a skirt and get in the Lotus Elise. You know, <laughs> She can barely wear heels and get in it, and my wife's good at wearing heels. But she's so. adamant about it, too. She's not about to switch to flats. Or no, anything. she's not. She's not. We're going to go out for a nice night. She's going to put awesome. on heels. That's what she does. But, but here's the thing. The, the Lotus is difficult. The Lotus gets more difficult the bigger you are. So you know, the number one thing, honestly, it's ridiculous, and I actually do have a video coming out in the next you few weeks. You can say that about a lot of things, getting more difficult the bigger you are. But, 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 anyway. but I do have video coming out in the next few weeks that is my first or my next I should say uh, long term ownership video on the Lotus Okay, and one of the things that it's about is kind of me covering FAQs but but without question the number one frequently asked question in that car is I get out of it and someone within 50 foot range goes how do you fit in there because hmm. it is nuts for sure excellent alright on Facebook Kyle N is asking about the higher trim levels and do they hold their value better than the lower trim levels for any given car of course, not counting the rare or limited production editions, but those editions already are the higher trim level, and I take your point. Yes, generally speaking, and I like that other people are jumping in here and answering this question too, 
I don't know if we've repeated the Ferrari story or not, and there's also the Porsche dealership story from here in Utah. Mm-hmm. And we've run into, we've talked to folks at the Ferrari dealership, and they have said, we actually ask to guide people when they're ordering or specking out their mm-hmm. cars mm-hmm. specifically for resale value because we know what people come in the door and what they're wanting. And so yeah. when you're ordering yeah, yeah. a brand new car, we're already talking to you about selling it. Yeah, and here's the things to order because this, this, and this is always in high demand, or because people it's are already looking for this. Yeah. So if you want to come back and trade this in in one or two years, as people do with their Ferraris, craziness. But yes, then here's what we would love to have. We look for this, this, and this, and therefore kind of guarantee you a quicker turnover, and all of that. Same thing with a guy here who ordered a Porsche 918 Spider in the dealership guided him in mm-hmm. what to order. He had it for three or four months and flipped it for, what, a few hundred thousand dollars in profit? A few hundred, the better part of a quarter million in profit. Yeah. I think it just went home and parked it. it. Yep. I mean, talk about a great investment. But, yes, he specced it and then flipped you know, it. Money makes money, But I'll give, but money, I'll give right? you a, a, another crazy one, and that is on the Ferrari world, the the shields on the fender. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a $2,000 dollar add-on. Yeah. But yet those cars resell for more because they've got that on them. It's dealerships guiding you to say yes. Craziness. And so Craziness. Now, answering the question, trickling down to, let's say, mm-hmm. the Honda Civic SIs and that kind of thing. Yes, generally speaking. But imagine yourself shopping for a car and you kind of want the heated seats. And actually, I would like some Bluetooth capability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that backup camera would be pretty nice you know things like that so you're scrolling through and it is a is it a deal breaker for you Kyle mm-hmm. if the car let's say it's a new car modern car it doesn't have a backup camera Porsche Cayman GTS is notwithstanding yeah <laughs> <laughs> you really don't like that about that car yeah it's a if it's an expensive car it, it should, should have, have a backup camera i see your that, point i see your point you know again Porsche doing their thing to Porsche enthusiasts yes but again, that outside of the question, I'm just saying, you know, let's take, for example, heated seats. And you think, you know what? That's not just a nice to have. That's a, I need those or my wife needs those yeah, whatever, or whatever, yeah. whatever that is. So you're kind of shopping the same way and you're discounting the lower trim levels, even though it's cheaper. Are you willing to spend another thousand bucks to get that thing? Of course you are. Mm-hmm. So therefore I say, yes, it's worth it. And they hold their value for that reason. I would, And I would add on to that one thing. If you look at cars that depreciate quickly, let's take a Porsche Panamera, for example, okay? Or any, any of those large sedans. They, <laughs> Seven they, Series. They depreciate quickly. Any of those large classes. sedans do. But here's the thing. I would say this to you. All of those are known to plummet. Yeah. But yeah. the ones that are dropping the fastest are the base models. Yeah, for sure. So that that, that does matter. Uh, there is an interesting question here that I have to answer. Russell Givedon on Instagram said... What can make me feel like 007 for under 20 grand? <laughs> okay. Do you have a, a thought here? I have here? three. Excellent. Because I actually thought, you know what? There are actual cars driven by Bond in Bond films you can do this for. Okay. We could go into what are cars that are similar. I get it. But I just thought, you know what? Actual Bond film cars. Okay. All right. Going back to Roger Moore. He did drive a C2V. It's like featured heavily in For Your oh Eyes Only. Gosh, you're right. There's a yellow the C2V yellow in that, yeah. which is ridiculous. It's it, And I will admit, it's the most absurd Bond car ever, with the possible exception of the front-wheel drive. I forget what brand it was that he drove that got cut in half and he Bond drove it downstairs. Girl, I forget her name. She was driving it, and that made it okay. It was her car, and he ended yeah. up driving it. Yeah, so the C2V is, is an obvious one. I was one. fine. But here's the thing. Pierce Brosnan 
one of his first, maybe it was either his first or his second Bond film, was actually sponsored by BMW instead of Aston Martin. And they introduced, on camera, they introduced the Z3. That's right. Which at the time looked really cool because nobody would seen it yet. Z3s are cheap. Yeah. Go get yourself a Z3. That is the the Pierce Brosnan (laughs) Bond car. And if you want to go one further... You actually could do. I've actually got four now. You actually could do a seven series from that era because those are also crazy cheap. He had a self-driving seven fifty that, that he launched off IL. the parking garage to get away, and it was airbag a palooza when that thing landed. Yeah, that was no the whole kidding. point. So there was that. But but I mean, I want to stay a little sports car, but the seven series got to be included. And then I will say this: if you want to be a little crazy, you could find old Lotus Esprits for twenty. I was wondering. Where- I don't, know how, well old, old Lotus I don't know how well it's going to run, but yeah. you can Turbo get an four. old Lotus Esprit for twenty grand and James Bond that down the street. There, there was a, the, an early, the, the 70s one, a red one here in Salt Lake, and every time I see that, I just want to follow it for a couple of blocks. <laughs> I ended up in your pool, but I was really recreating it a Bond really film. It was really cool, yeah. Sorry. Nice. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. They're always creative and excellent. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to 300. That's coming up when it'll be all non-car-related questions. That's going to be crazy. crazy. Always is. All right. Well, uh, yeah, please write to us with your own debate. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good, so he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.